Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, the Coca-Cola 600. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Connor, and this week we are discussing the Coca-Cola 600 the annual Memorial Day weekend event, the longest race of the year. But before we get into my five takeaways, would you please take a moment to check me out on patreon.com forward slash the top five. Also on facebook.com forward slash the top five. Each week the episodes are posted and you can comment, share your thoughts and we can have a conversation about NASCAR. So let's get right into this week's top five. Number one. Joseph Ray. John Sullivan. Scott Stout. Philip West. Alan Ravego. Bert Hoyer. Riley McCollum, Albert Tristan, Noah Harris, Adam Marion, Jared Schmitz, Brad Squires, Larry Robert Bowman. Gary Harper Jr. Samantha Huff. James Zimmerman. William Thyme. Jeremy Vrooman. Jeremy West. Jason Scott Ramsey. Joel House, Craig Cherry, Ronald Greider, Ryan Balmer, Eugene William Kemmel, Conrad Anthony Robinson, Joshua McKay Moore, Christopher Nelms, Kenneth Stonebreaker, Shannon Kent, Gail Hale Halverson, Matthew Bayless, Eugene Williams, Jefferson Davis, James Ray Davenport, Joseph Peter Collette, Darren Tyler Hoover. These are the brave men and women that gave their life in service for our country so that we could watch the Coca-Cola 600 in comfort and peace. Their names were on the driver's cars for this race. I think it's a great honor and a great tribute. 
and I felt it very important that their names be read. Thank God for their service, and may God rest their souls. Number two. Well, that's a tough transition to move out of, but let's move on to the actual race itself. The grandstands were completely sold out, which was awesome to see. Jimmy McMurray was back in the booth of of the transitioning uh, commentators in the booth, and they've had a bunch of them. I do think Jamie McMurray has done the best job. Um, this thing had action end to end. I mean, from flag to flag, this thing was nonstop action. So I wasn't really sure how to note exactly five takeaways. Uh, stage one, there were a handful of spins. One big one being Kyle Busch spun. Uh, he was racing hard against Suarez. Uh, went to the outside, kind of sent it in to turn one really hard, and the back end came around. And that's that's definitely something we're going to talk about a lot of, of the back end snapping around on these cars. Chase Elliott won stage one. Uh, Kyle Larson spun in stage two and had maybe the most up-and-down day I've ever seen. It would have been neat had he been able to pull off the win just based on the storyline of the day he had. Uh, Blaney spun coming to the end of stage two, which Daniel Suarez ended up winning. Uh, But Blaney spun and there was a huge wreck. His back end came around and and took out a bunch of cars. And Ross Watermelon Chastain won stage three. But those single car spins, that's that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And I think it deserves its own section of this episode. Number three. Single car spins are a problem, not just at the Coca-Cola 600. At every mile and a half track we've been to, it's been a problem. And sometimes it's because the driver is pushing too hard or sends it into a turn like Kyle Busch did. And hey, you're never going to hear me complain about Kyle Busch being in a spin. Of course, he rebounded well and was right there. I think he finished second. He was right there at the end. But most of the time, there, the single car spin is just dry, just in the middle of a corner and the back end just whips around. Like the driver has nothing to, to no control over it. I'm just going to list the cars that were involved in single car spins. Corey LaJoy, Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, Busher, Bubba Wallace, Austin Sendrick, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski. These are big names. These are good drivers. Uh, with 55 to go, Suarez spun, Briscoe also spun, Busher uh, got caught up in it while going through the grass, his tire, his whole wheel came off the car, and he flipped five times, landing on his hood. 
Now, thank God he was okay. But Bubba Wallace hit pretty hard when he had a single car spin. Um, Corey LaJoy had a big hit. Austin Sendrick was out of the race after his. What is NASCAR going to do or when is NASCAR going to do something about this? Because thank God Busher was okay, but that was a scary wreck. And it doesn't take flipping multiple times, too. It, it could just be a tire come around and smoke the wall or hit a wall in the wrong spot. Something needs to be done about these single car spins, about these tires going down randomly. And it has to be done quick. Because we're getting to the point of the season now where things are escalating the the tension the the stakes are higher and we can't have these cars racing for the playoffs or even worse in the playoffs being taken out by tires that just decide that they no longer want to be part of the action maybe crew chiefs have to drastically change how how much they they let tires wear i don't really i guess that's not really fair because some of these are happening early in the runs i don't know what the answer is but nascar needs to figure it out and they need to figure it out soon number four so after having one of the most up and down races possibly ever larson is leading with two laps to go and Briscoe goes for a pass and spins. Kind of a rookie move by Briscoe. And by rookie, I mean just just a weak move. But whatever. I, I get it. And <clears throat> so that brings out the, the caution. And we're going to do a green-white checkered. So the first green-white checkered, coming around to the white flag... Austin Dillon got shot out of a cannon going down the backstretch. Going to the lead. He's racing Ross Chastain. Larson can't handle the fact that he's no longer leading. Bounces into Chastain off Dillon. Took all of them out. Uh, He took out Joey Logano, Austin Dillon, Ross Chastain, and himself. Uh, And I just thought that was such a crap move. Larson does get the benefit of the doubt being who he is, but he he really caused that. If you look at it in slow-mo, and there's a picture I saw of um, Larson. All three cars are, are pointing down the straightaway, and Larson is sideways. He should have lifted. I get it. You're going to the, you're going to the, the white flag. It's a major race. It's one of the biggest crown jewel races of the year. I understand, but that was Larson's fault. So we re-rack. We have to do it again. And Hamlin and Kyle Busch put on a very exciting um, last couple laps. Congratulations to Denny Hamlin. He got the win. And as mentioned previously, Kyle Busch ended up second. This ended up being the longest race in NASCAR history, 619 miles after doing two green-white checkered attempts. 
and I, I don't really know how to put a bow on this race other than to say it was the greatest Coca-Cola 600 I've ever watched. I very vividly remember watching the race a handful of years ago when Martin Truex Jr. led literally the entire thing. It was the most boring race I had ever seen. And I thought, oh boy, Coca-Cola 600 might be dead. And then NASCAR gets this gen car, puts on this event, and totally redeemed themselves. That was the most exciting race from start to end. All four stages, crazy racing, crazy mishaps, some of which I'm, I'm not happy about, the tire issues. But it did make for great restarts, great racing, lots of action. And I cannot wait for the Coca-Cola 600 next year. So let's wrap this up by looking forward to next week. Number five. So next week, NASCAR heads to St. Louis. It's actually in Illinois, just outside St. Louis, to Worldwide Technology Raceway. And not only is it NASCAR's, uh, well, the Cup Series first time at this track, it's the first race that I'll be attending. I don't live anywhere near the area, but we're going to make a road trip out of it, me and my two sons, and head down to uh, Worldwide Technolo Technology Raceway and catch the race. Pretty excited. Um, I'm glad that I got my seats when I did because now it's a sellout. And I'm curious what this track will bring. It's an egg-shaped, uh, I believe it's one mile. Uh, it's one, 1 1.25 miles in length. It'll be interesting for me. I've never, um, I've never been to an intermediate track. My home track is uh, Michigan International Speedway, and I've traveled to Bristol. I've seen a lot of short tracks, you know, smaller tracks around my area, but I've never, I've never been to an intermediate. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, it's got 11 degree banking in turns one and two and nine degrees in turns three and four. And it's pretty flat down both straightaways. So it should be exciting to see. My prediction is Joey Logano gets the win. And I'm predicting that solely based off what I want to happen. I'm driving nine hours to see a race, darn it. I want to see my guy get a win. So I'll be back next week to report on that. Before I go, though, I want to remind you one more time. Please check out my Facebook page. This week particularly, I'll be sharing lots of videos and photos from the race. That's facebook.com forward slash the top five or on your Facebook app, just search the top five. You'll see my handsome face with a Joey Logano shirt on and the NASCAR Cup Series logo behind as my banner. And I share my episodes on there. You can comment. We can have conversations. Also check me out on patreon.com forward slash the top five. So thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to chatting with you next week about the race. This has been the top five and I'm Connor.